It's me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Ketchups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food, plant-based food, non-plant-based food, and everything in between. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, and only if you do, please, please, please like, share, and subscribe. I hope you're hungry, as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week I'm joined by Barry, who is a dietitian as well as being the author of a book called Your No Nonsense Guide to Health and Nutrition. She's also the host of a podcast called Forking Wellness, which aims to really understand what the fuck is wellness, both of which I highly recommend and I will link in the notes section of this episode. Barry and I discuss what wellness means to individuals and how there are so many types of healthy and types of wellness and there is not a one-size-fits-all method. This theme of individuality and the fact that everyone's different is present all the way through the episode where we highlight that there are so many diets and healthy myths and trends which are so bad and toxic as what may work for one person won't then work for another. This episode is so great and so engaging as Barry has done so much work in this field that all her knowledge is coming from a well-researched place. I feel like a lot of you listening will really need to hear this one, so let's jump straight in. So I'm here today with Barry and I'm really, really excited to talk all things health, nutrition, wellness, food. I I feel like you've had a big journey you've had such an exciting career you're still on a really exciting career you are an author of a book you are a host of a podcast um so yeah I'm really excited about this week so to start off with how are you I'm good thank you so much for having me it feels so weird to be on the receiving end of a podcast um and I'm really excited and I will do my best not to hijack and start asking you questions (laughs) that's fine you can do both that's okay so to start off with I always ask people some quick fire questions just so everyone gets to know you a bit more so pizza or pasta pizza 100% sweet or savory savory juicy burger or overloaded salad Ooh, I think overloaded salad. Mm, I've seen some of your salads on Instagram, <laughs> they look insane. Um, rice or noodles? Rice. Cook in or eat out? Cook in. Oh, you're the first person to say that. And I'm so pleased because I would cook in as well, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'd love to eat out. But I think there's something about just like making new recipes and trying food and like just, I, I love to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, cooking every night is difficult and taxing and sometimes yeah. like tiring so yeah and definitely sometimes... love takeout and delivery but yeah I really do love to cook yeah no I'm with you there and on that topic what is your favorite delivery oh that is I think it's um pokey yeah um honey pokey to be specific yeah that's a good one I think there's so many components that go into a pokey bowl that it's just easier if you order it. <laughs> it is. And it's like, it's just delicious. And I really enjoy it. Um, and I feel like I don't have to get the same thing every time. So mm. I feel like I can switch it up and not get bored of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just love it. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. So to start off with, I want to talk about your book. So you've got a book called Your No Nonsense Guide to Health and Nutrition. Yes. Which that would attract a lot of people because... I like the word nonsense because I think there's a lot of nonsense out there. 
Exactly. There's a lot of myths. There's a lot of false information. So yeah, I feel like talk about the reason for for writing the book and maybe a little bit about the book. Yeah, um, so I co-wrote the book with my podcast co-host and best friend, Sophie, um, who's a registered nutritionist. And actually, we never really sought out to write a book. It was always kind of like a long-term goal for both of us. But actually, a publisher was a listener of our podcast Mm. and kind of just messaged us and said, hey, we love your podcast. Like, I love your nutrition ethos. Would you be open to putting it into a book? Amazing. And we were kind of like a bit shocked because Mm. we didn't think that opportunity would come so early in our career. Yeah. But we obviously said yes. And we ended up writing the book and because she reached out to us in October and it was either you can have it done by March and it'll be released next January Mm. or you push it a year back because it was like a bit close to the deadlines and how publishing works. And we're like, no, we'll get it done. So we wrote the entire book from, we started it after the New Year. So in three months, we wrote a book. And then the day we like handed over the first manuscript, um, we went into lockdown. (laughs) Oh my God. So it was like so crazy because I didn't have like a social life for those three months going before the pandemic because I work full time and then I would spend my weekends writing. Yeah. And then we went straight into the pandemic. Oh my God. A bit of a hectic time. Definitely. Um, But yeah, our ethos to nutrition is, you know, debunking diet myths. We have a whole kind of section in the book about it. And we kind of go through the diets throughout history and just kind of Mm. like show people that it's not rooted in evidence. Mm. And then we go into the science and a bit about intuitive eating. And the main purpose of the book is really to help people define what wellness means to them Mm -hmm. because we're all so different. And even Sophie and I have really different versions of wellness. And if I followed her day-to-day routine, I'd be miserable Yeah, and vice versa. So it's really important for people to have all the information, have the science of, you know, the nutrients that you need and tips for mindful eating and, Mm. you know, behavioral science because so much of wellness is not about the foods that you eat but it's also your stress and your sleep and Mm. you know it's it's a 360 approach so it's really help giving you all the facts and then guiding you to define what wellness means to you and being able to practice that that makes you happy Mm, I think that's so true I think that it is so personal and I think that's probably one of the biggest nonsense things out there that everyone feels like there's a rule book that they have to follow and it's not like everyone lives different lives has different jobs has different bodies has different minds mm-hmm. like yeah it, there's not one one rule exactly. so I guess it's making it not so black and white yeah there's no one size fits all no. and also like you have the ability to be flexible and change mm. so just because one behavior one thing served you at a certain point of your life like you evolve as a human and mm-hmm. you're your wellness journey can also evolve. So it's just normalizing, you know, individual differences, but differences over your own lifetime as well. And just putting you first and making sure that you are happy and healthy and whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, and making people feel like that's okay and not comparing themselves. So I guess if you guys wrote that, they'll be like, okay, actually it's okay now that I do this and people, other people don't. Exactly. Like I said, Sophie and I have such different practices from everything from the food that we eat to our lifestyle to Mm. the things that we prioritize 
we have completely different bodies, completely different metabolisms. Yeah. So it's it would be ridiculous to think we both did the same thing. No, exactly, exactly. So it's just, yeah, normalizing that and just helping people understand that there's no one size fits all. Mm. And just because one thing works for someone else doesn't mean that that's going to make you happy. Definitely. And feel your best. Definitely, definitely. So what is wellness for you? Like what are some of the practices that you, you follow? Yeah, so my interpretation of mm. wellness um, is... That's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked this. Um, for me, it is when it comes to food, it's an abundance mm-hmm. of a wide, wide variety of foods. Um, so tons of different plant sources. Mm-hmm. But for me also, like I do eat animal products. So I mm. eat eggs, I eat dairy, I eat fish. I actually just reintroduced chicken into my diet. I haven't eaten it since I was about like 12. Wow. Um, what, was the, what was the reason for it? I was just it? craving it. Yeah. I was just craving it and um, I just allowed myself to listen to my body yeah. and I eat it. Will I eat it forever? Who knows? Mm. Um, but for me in this point in my life, it just, it made sense. Yeah. Um, I definitely practice gentle like exercise. I wouldn't say I um, have a really great exercise routine. It kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. Um, I find post-pandemic, um, it's a lot easier because I like classes. Yeah, I like yeah. that group motivation. Mm-hmm. I definitely struggle during lockdown. Um, and for me, it's more all, like besides the food and the exercise, it's like the the mindfulness, the other lifestyle factors. It's prioritizing sleep, mm. getting outside and walking my dog, just like yeah. cuddling the dog. Yeah. <laughs> like such a great element for wellness it's also minimizing my stress Mm -hmm. I um am a very high stress individual Mm -hmm. wouldn't say anxious I would say like it's stress stress. yeah and actually a few years ago I had alopecia Um, really yeah from stress from stress Mm -hmm. so it's all about thinking ways that I can minimize my stress yeah and my mom laughs because she's like, you wouldn't know what to do if you weren't stressed. She's like, you'd be stressed about not having stress. I was literally just going to say this. I was like, sometimes I was actually speaking to a load of people yesterday about this. And it, I feel like if it's easy or if life's easy or your day's been calm, you feel like you're not doing enough and it's wrong. And that's not right. Like an easy life can be a successful life as well and a happy life like it doesn't have to be hard pain sweat and tears like it doesn't have to be that yeah and I think like there's times in your life where like it might be but Mm -hmm. like totally I don't know why society has said like to be successful you have to work 24 7 you Mm -hmm. have to be so stressed you have to be miserable Mm -hmm. you have to like or if you don't feel those things, you're not working hard enough. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why. I think it's a cultural thing. So I, I don't think, think so. that exists everywhere. Yeah, I think so. So I think, yeah, stress. I'm literally very similar. I wouldn't say I'm an anxious person, but stress. I mean, I put pressure on myself, extreme yeah. pressure to like, how much can I get done this day? Exactly. You know, and then I'm like, end up stressing all day. And I'm like, why did I, I didn't need to do that. Exactly. And I think like a little bit of stress can be motivational. So there's like a thing called like you stress, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the normal day to day stresses that just keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. But then it's when that stress crosses over to being, you know, not debilitating, but like harmful. Mm-hmm. That's where you have to have a lot of just good 
coping strategies or techniques in place that can really help you bring that stress down. Yeah. Because it can have such a knock-on effect to other parts of your life and you might end up not living your most well Mm -hmm. life. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. I just think that with stress, for some people, stress um, helps you, motivates you. Like for me, if I'm living a, a packed full day and I'm putting the pressure on myself I get more done whereas if I'm not as stressed I won't get as much done so again it goes back to being everyone's different so yeah I think you've just got to understand yourself and then work within within those boundaries yeah they always say like ask a busy person to get something done yeah because they'll get it done because you have so many systems in place to Mm -hmm. make sure that you get it all done yeah um but yeah it's I think it's just having the ability to turn it off at night or just compartmentalize yeah. like what's work and then what's a relaxation so I don't think if you if you don't have that relaxation mm-hmm. and the work and stress takes over I don't know if that's healthy for everyone yeah completely and so going back to the book again when you're obviously saying like the no-nonsense guide could you highlight some of the maybe the myths that are out there that people believe or the media kind of pushes could you highlight some of those that some people might listen who are listening might be like oh my god that's so true yeah so we do a whole section in the book where we like debunk like certain diets Mm. and we actually do like diets throughout like decades and stuff Mm. so if you start to look at like the 20s in the 1920s there was the cigarette diet yeah which is like don't grab food grab a cigarette yeah which is so so crazy and it evolved through you know the years and some have actually stuck so things like maybe like the low fat diet or the high fat Atkins style diet Mm -hmm. um, and keto and things like that yeah and so we kind of put a timeline and what we did is we went through the science Mm-hmm. and said okay here's what the studies are for pro here's what the studies say against and then we kind of give our almost like conclusion rationale so mm-hmm. going through every kind of diet that you can think of from you know traditional like I don't know like Weight Watchers Slimming World type calorie yeah. counting diets and then to some crazy like grapefruit diets or yeah. like detox juicing diets yeah completely I God, that would be so interesting actually to have a look. I must get your book because I feel like it would be so interesting. It would be amazing. So going on to diets, like what's your opinion on diets? I mean, I hate the word, but like let's talk about the diets and like, I mean, they're not good for you. So let's talk about that firstly because I'm not going to say they're not great. So let's talk about that. First of all, the diet industry has made the word diet a dirty word. Yeah. Because when I went to school for dietetics, we would learn about like medical nutrition therapy or like prescriptive diets. So Mm -hmm. if someone um, had kidney failure, like the type of diet that we would recommend Mm -hmm. and like it didn't have that negative connotation um, in the world of medicine. And then I think the diet industry has just like corrupted the word diet for Mm -hmm. us. Um, So yeah, I think what a lot of diets do which I think is why they don't work, is because they put food in a good category and then certain foods in a bad category. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that's not sustainable. Obviously, you can't cut out certain things forever yeah. like that. And when people, and I'm using air quotes here because I don't like this terminology, um, slip up yeah, and they have something that's on the bad or the red, whatever yeah. the diet uses... We start to like internalize that and then mm-hmm. we think, oh, we're a bad person. We've done something wrong. Yeah. And we never shift 
the blame to the diet being like, oh, that's so restrictive. Mm. We we think, oh, I'm weak because I didn't have enough willpower. Yeah. And it puts you in a really negative cycle about like self-blame and self-doubt. And then you might begin to engage in self-sabotaging behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when all of that is done, you're like, oh, well, obviously I need to start my diet again. Yeah. Yeah. So they just give you a list of foods to eat or not eat. But without that list, you've never been forced to make any educated decisions Mm -hmm. by yourself. Yeah. You've relied on the external cues and lists Mm -hmm. from the diet so I think diets don't work because they don't put you in control yeah the diet's in control yeah and it's not sustainable and I also think that because it's so extreme and it's not sustainable you're going to break it and then because you break it your body's going to be confused so you probably won't end up actually getting the results you want because you'll be like super restricting yourself then allowing yourself so much or slipping up or whatever they want to you know whatever you want to call it and then going back on it and your poor body is like what do you want me to do I have no idea what's going on exactly yeah I think there's like um a physiological impact like what you were saying like your body is really responding to be like first of all why are you not feeding me enough Mm -hmm. and then why like what are these like compensating behaviors Mm. and then also like a mental side to it where it's like you're you're constantly fighting your own mind yeah so I think there's both like there's a physical and then the mental side to dieting that together makes it unsustainable which Mm -hmm. is why diets don't work no exactly and I think the mental side is so damaging as well like and then it then that starts to affect your family relationships your friends totally your work your mental health your relationship with yourself I just yeah I think it just gets super super tricky and can be really damaging yeah exactly and it's actually so liberating for people when I used to work with clients to finally being able to ditch the diet which doesn't happen overnight for some people Mm, it can take years to truly ditch that mentality but it's so liberating and then you you free up so much headspace that you devoted to all these diets and you can actually use that headspace to focus on things that you enjoy yeah and things that are positive because diets tend to be rooted in such a negative mentality Mm -hmm. you can't do this you can't have that whereas actually flipping that on its head and thinking about oh what can I do now what can I add into my diet what can I enjoy yeah that's a much better place to be mentally so true actually you mentioned this in one of your other podcasts I listened to and it was very true when you were saying what can I add is better than what can I take away exactly and that's really good for anyone just trying to introduce any healthy habits or just try and work on whatever their goals are Mm -hmm. I think coming from a positive place of what can I add in as opposed to oh I'm going to stop doing xyz Mm -hmm. I think it's a much better place to start it's a lot more self-compassionate as well um, to reward yourself for positive behaviors instead of punishing yourself for yeah. maybe things that you want to get rid of. Yeah. So saying, oh, I'm going to add in an extra walk this week, or I'm going to try two new vegetables, or I'm yeah. going to cook myself dinner one extra night that I didn't. Yeah. Those are much more positive behaviors as opposed to, well, I'm not going to buy any crisps this week, and mm. I'm going to cut out chocolate. Like, yeah. That's very negative. Yeah. That's so true. So going on to your job. So you are a dietitian. So what does that mean? Like for those who aren't sure. Yeah, it's um, 
it's kind of different in America. So I'm from New York, but I moved here uh, six years ago. Okay. Um, so in America, if you want to be a dietitian, there's only so here in the UK you can be a nutritionist or a dietitian. Mm-hmm. In America, only dietitian exists. Okay. So um, it's a bit different in that regard. But I did a four year undergrad degree in dietetics, which was like very sciencey, very mm-hmm. medical. Took like four four semesters of chemistry from like regular chemistry, organic chemistry, biochemistry, lots of biology classes and human physiology. Um, And then you, once you graduate, you have to do a dietetic internship, Mm -hmm. which is 1200 hours of supervised practice. So working in hospitals in very clinical roles. So I worked on the ICU. I worked um, in like regular like med surge Wards. Um, I also did some work in psych wards, detox and rehab centers mm, as well. Amazing. So getting a really big, um, like, experience or, like, introduction into the world yeah. of nutrition from quite a medical perspective. Yeah. Um, and then you sit for your RD exam, which is, like, a national exam. And mm-hmm. once you pass that, you can call yourself a dietitian. Okay. Wow. A lot goes into it. A lot goes into it. And from there, I was working um, in the hospital full-time. And then I was also working under a private practice dietitian mm-hmm. part-time because I really wanted to go into private practice. Yeah. And what I found is people were coming to me for, like, really medical reasons, like type 2 diabetes or, you know, um, hypertension. Mm-hmm. But there was so much underlying psychological um, things going on about like why they were doing these behaviors or why we choose to eat the way we eat. Yeah. And I didn't really feel equipped to like help them because Mm. I was like, I'm not a psychologist. No. So I actually moved to England and did my master's at UCL in eating disorders and clinical Mm. nutrition. So it was like a half nutrition degree, half like by psychologists and stuff just Mm -hmm. to like open my mind about eating behaviors and like the spectrum of eating disorders from binge eating disorder to like anorexia there's like a huge spectrum Mm -hmm. and just understanding the psychological like reasoning about you know I don't know impact of childhood and just like having a better understanding I just think made me a better dietitian definitely because like as we were saying like the mental side definitely has a huge part to play so that's so good that you did that I mean you must have seen or heard so many stories from being in ICU wards to having private practice clients come in I mean it must be quite yeah it must be quite tough to an extent it is and it's you know you speak you could have five clients in a day let's say you speak Mm -hmm. for five hours but you're not you're listening a lot it's a lot of absorbing and you know gentle Reflection. There's a lot of techniques to, you know, mm. helping people through changes. And it's quite emotional because a lot of food is tied up in emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And personally, I really enjoyed it, but I did find it a bit emotionally draining. Mm. And I didn't have the right, like, resources around me to offload. Yeah. Especially when I was working with disordered eating clients. Yeah, and my partner is a teacher, and I'm, I used to work from home, seeing clients um, digitally. And he would come home, and I'd be like, "Tell me about your day. Like, I want to talk about myself for a bit because I just spent, you know, so long talking like yeah. about others." And he's a teacher, so he speaks all day. Yeah, and he was like, "Barry, 
I don't want to talk about work. I just want five minutes to like sit and not speak to anyone. Oh my God. And you're like, no, I need to like get all this off my chest. Oh my God. I just realized probably for my personality, it wasn't a perfect job match. Yeah. Um, which was interesting to come to terms with because you go through all this training to do this job yeah, and then realize, you know what? It's not actually suited to my lifestyle. No. Um, God, that's really hard though. I mean, it's such, also you're dealing with such sensitive topics. You've got to really be careful with what you're saying because what your, your words are like gold to them because they're probably in such a fragile state where they really need help. Oh God, it's quite difficult. It is. And it's like a slow burn kind of thing with nutrition. Like you never see someone once and they go away mm. and they've made all these amazing positive changes. You know, you really have to see them. Maybe like I would see clients for like the ones who really had success, like minimum a year. Wow. Because behavior change takes a really long time. Yeah. And reframing your mindset, unlearning certain behaviors that you had and then reteaching yourself things. It takes a really long time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, in a way, it's super satisfying to then see the change once it's complete, but that is quite a long journey to get there. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So you're now not doing private clients? No, I work for a health tech startup called Second Nature, um, which help, helps people to like change their minds about healthy living. So mm-hmm. um, the content, it's an app. The content is written by a dietitian, a health psychologist. Um, it's all about like getting healthy and you know introducing positive habits mm-hmm. and things like that. And then there's also like an NHS element where we have contracts for um, type 2 diabetes and National Diabetes Prevention Program. Okay. Um, It's amazing. The company is fantastic. Such a great positive like message place to work. Mm -hmm. But then I actually transitioned into the marketing team. Amazing. Which I feel like is a much more natural fit for my personality. Yeah. Um, And I love it. That's so good. That is so, so good. So... My next topic that I want to talk to you about is vegan because I am, by the way, if any of you guys listening want to listen to another great podcast, Barry's got a podcast called, is it Forking Wellness? Forking Wellness, yeah. I mean, I love that because when I say it, I feel like I'm saying fucking wellness. Exactly. (laughs) And the whole thing is like, what the fuck is wellness? Yeah, exactly. It looks so different on everyone. Yeah. that's kind of like our whole premise. I love it. I think it's really, really good. So your vegan experience was really interesting to listen to because... Being obviously with all your experience, all your knowledge and everything, you are the best person to, you're well equipped to go into being vegan for a week. So firstly, just how was it generally? I'm going to be so honest. I really hated it. I know. (laughs) I heard. I was like, I'm really shocked because also looking at your Instagram, I was like, there's so much. I mean, I always say eat the rainbow. Wow. Eating the rainbow is definitely happening plates are beautiful there's a lot going on I thought you would smash it like you'd love it but it wasn't it wasn't one for you no well I think like there's such a spectrum right of vegan eating I think when people come from like maybe a very different I don't know eating lifestyle then they come to like a more plant-based diverse Mm -hmm. it's 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 a big difference which can be like really exciting and you get to try all these new foods and you know really experiment for me it was very similar because I would say I eat a predominantly plant-based diet anyways and then it was mm-hmm. just cutting out and swapping like the few things that I ate yeah I really struggled to give up eggs yeah um because I find it like my go-to convenient food and I love it like I love yeah. the taste 
Um, I find them quite diverse. I mentioned earlier I'm a savory gal. Yes. So I really struggled with breakfast without eggs. Yeah. I don't really like porridge and Mm -hmm. sweet things in the morning. Yeah. So that was a bit interesting. To be fair, I still eat eggs. I mean, we'll get onto this in a minute, but I think similar to your your book on trying to make it not as black and white, I this is what we try and do at Greedy Vegan and I try and like practice as well as like veganism again is personal to you so you've got to know your why so like I have a why for not eating meat I have a why for not eating fish I can't have dairy anyway so that's great but with eggs I don't see a problem like chickens naturally lay eggs obviously depending on where you know you get buy your eggs from but I think it's a natural it's a natural thing so personally I do eat eggs because I think I don't see the problem. I also think when it comes to being vegan and or just like making swaps in your lifestyle, you have to do what's right for you because mm-hmm. that's how it's going to be sustainable. Yeah. And I think it's really important to realize that and be like, you know what? Eggs works for me and eating eggs enables me to do all the other things that I do yeah. um, and make the other choices that I do. Yeah. And I think that's great. And I think it's like, comfort, like I think it's just being open and honest about that and showing mm. people it doesn't have to be black or white. Yeah. And I do a lot of plant-based eating and so many vegetables. I think I like counted one week and I had like 70 different plants in a week. Amazing, yeah. But then I do eat eggs. I do eat yeah. cheese. And I do eat fish. Yeah. And chicken now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I actually eat quite a wide range of animal products. Yeah. But with that, it's it's definitely less than the average. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, it's knowing your reasons for doing veganism like if you're doing it because the media says so don't do it totally if you're doing it for health make sure you're eating healthily yeah in in doing it and if you're doing it for environmental or animal then you've got your why and you're you're probably not going to crumble because you have your your reasons why yeah exactly and I think it's like actually quite a myth that like vegan always means healthier Mm. because that's not always true I used to see clients who were doing veganism for whatever reason and they'd actually rely on not the healthiest you know they didn't eat loads of vegetables or Mm. you know legumes and beans and things like that they kind of just relied on like processed yeah um they didn't change what they did is they didn't change their eating habits they just cut out animal products yeah so they didn't introduce anything else they would just like you know have a bagel for breakfast and then be like what should I do for lunch oh let's have another bagel yeah and there was no like <laughs> diversity so I think yeah I think if you're I don't know vegan isn't always synonymous no with health no I agree I agree and I think I always say on here as well education is a massive part like if you're going to be changing your diet just know what you're doing like yeah research a little bit like understand food a little bit more it's going into your body like it's a good thing to research totally. so yeah do your research otherwise yeah but what else did you find about doing vegan for a week um I think I felt restricted because we knew it was only going to be a week yeah and so like there was this like end date looming in my mind I didn't fully prepare Mm -hmm. because I was like oh I'm only doing it for a week which means that I can like meal prep my lunches for the week which also meant I ate the same lunch yeah and you were bored which was was I was so bored yeah and that's not representative of like my normal sometimes that works for people which Mm -hmm. is great I'm not one of those people yeah so I made like a big vegetable uh curry at the beginning of the week with like chickpeas and eggplant and kale and it was delicious but 
eating that every day for lunch yeah. made me like resent it exactly I actually want to touch on this because this is what happens I feel people meal prep for the week and they're like right Monday you know feeling good healthy meal prep for the week they get to the weekend and they're like oh my god and they just binge yeah and I'm like is this also right like obviously I understand if you're working in an office and you need to meal prep I so get it but try and vary it like make a good like totally. I always think make a good like couscous base or big quinoa base and then you add your toppings change totally. it up otherwise you're just going to be so bored two things on that I completely agree one I always used to tell clients because meal prepping can be really helpful for like you said people like in an office and with a busy schedule yeah it ensures that you have something there to make a healthy and delicious choice yeah prep ingredients not meals so like Mm. you said make a big like quinoa or couscous salad and then maybe you have some other ingredients like falafels or hard-boiled eggs or you have like other things in the fridge to be able to make variations Mm -hmm. of something that you enjoy so you're not getting sick of things but I always find prepping ingredients is great as opposed to prepping actual set meals that you just put in the microwave and then you're like this is dead yeah um literally and then the other thing what was I gonna say I was saying two things that that reminded me of prep ingredients not recipes oh it just escaped me it'll probably come back to me yeah no it'll come back and I also think that listen to your body so like if your body one day like you know if any of the girls listening your hormones are up and down like you crave things at different times and you still got these like roast vegetables sitting there next to you and you're like I just don't my body does not want this don't like you know listen to your body I feel like meal prep is good but it kind of it's not a diet it's convenient but it kind of you need to be flexible with it totally put those roasted vegetables in the freezer like yeah. they're fine they're cooked yeah put them in a whatever container pop them in the freezer defrost them when you want them yeah you can add them to anything yeah like don't worry about it um yeah there's kind of this um like connotation with meal prep that it's like super rigid mm-hmm. and i i don't agree with that but no. it is convenient so yeah i think you have to figure out what works for you yeah again if, if it works for people then that's great but this is for those who are like trying to do it and struggle that's yeah. probably why oh, i remember what i was gonna oh, say yeah. <laughs> the way that i prefer to do things is i just always make like an extra portion for dinner to have for the lunch yes. the next day and that I find super sustainable for yeah. me not for everyone because I enjoy cooking yeah so I'll just make something for dinner have leftovers maybe I combine the leftovers for the last two nights yeah and it becomes something different but I find that really works for me yeah no I agree like I often do if I'm making like something with tofu I'll like do an extra portion of like crispy tofu and then I've got that to like add on to salad or add to whatever and it's yeah. good just to have that in in the bag or yeah I think cooking extra for dinner is a great one because you can make it into so many different things exactly out of curiosity how do you make your crispy tofu so I press it okay so get all the all the water obviously out of it and then um I like to do mine kind of like with soy um sesame oil um maybe some chili sauce yeah like make a little marinade with cornstarch kind of leave it there for about an hour okay that's the key isn't it yeah just to you don't have to but it does just make it that bit crispier and then you oven or do you have an air fryer i actually do it on a pan i need oh, to get okay. an air fryer but 
I have so many appliances. I'm like, I can't get something else. My kitchen's going to be crowded. Like, I don't want things on the surface. I'm trying to put things in cupboards. I completely agree. I don't even have a microwave in my flat because I think it looks too messy. On yeah. Like countertops. And I don't, like, no. it's so crazy. People are like, how do you lived for a year and a half in your flat without a microwave? And I'm just like, I can't add one more appliance. No, to be fair, I don't, I, we, I have a microwave, but I never use it. Yeah. So I could act, happily get rid of that and get, and therefore I would be heaven. Do you have one? No, but I'm like at this mm. stage where like I really want one. If I can figure out what I can get rid of to yeah. swap in, not on my countertop. Because like for me, a messy kitchen or a cluttered kitchen like, uh, makes me feel stressed. Yeah, it's part I, of the wellness. It needs to yeah, be clean. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like the kitchen space should be like decluttered and inviting for mm-hmm. you to cook. And for me, if I'm overwhelmed, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, so you just, again, have to create the environment that you thrive on. Yeah. But if I can get rid of something and swap it for an air fryer, I think I just, I don't know. I really want to try it. Same. I do as well. I feel like it would be amazing for tofu. But That's I did it last night. I did it on the, in the pan. Okay. Because um, I just feel like you can like turn it and like, get it really crispy. Yeah, crispy. But um, I sometimes do it in the oven as well. Yeah. Um, but I also linking to what we were saying I think flexibility is a big one when it comes to eating with um, like meal preps and and veganism and I think having the ability to be flexible is so key because especially in social situations a lot of people say to me for example oh look I've got a new boyfriend and going to this family's home I'm vegan what do I do okay yeah this is difficult one but firstly just be completely honest bring something with you if you need to bring some snacks in case you're worried but also like be flexible on your reasons why if one of them is health and the mum has made something really nice it's got egg on it just think you know what I'm gonna be able to have this today yeah like I feel like flexibility is huge and when you go out for dinner as well like enjoy it just be more I feel like food can be so rigid like you said Yeah, I think if you get to the point where you can't deviate, Mm -hmm. that's not a a sign of a healthy relationship with food where you have to control every aspect. It's not not healthy. It's not a great place to be. I think flexibility is important. You can also do like setting boundaries, like, Mm -hmm. you know, tell your partner, oh, can you let your mom know that I'm vegan? Um, Things like that. You can bring things if you're not willing to part with like very different if someone makes like a dish with eggs versus like a beef stew yeah completely different things yeah definitely I think it is about setting boundaries and being flexible I'm like the world's worst like daughter-in-law girlfriend where I'm like so polite to my detriment that I will like eat anything because I feel so bad guilty and I just like smile and be like no that's great thank you then like (laughs) after Marco turned to me he's like why did you say you try that you literally haven't eaten that your entire life and I'm like because I'm just like such a polite like friend like whatever works works but like I always kick myself after being like Barry like you didn't enjoy that like set boundaries it's okay and I'm always just like "Mm, whatever I know it's so hard like my boyfriend's dad loves cooking and um he's an incredible cook to be fair he he knows that I'm I'm vegan and he caters like amazing food and I'm like oh my god I feel like so bad because like he's cooking extra or different things for yeah me. um but yeah I think you've got to be really honest um but also able to be flexible definitely totally. so I have two last questions for okay. you the first one is and I don't want this to like 
go on what we're saying there's obviously not the same rule for everyone but I'm interested in what you eat in a day for what works for you yeah so ironically I haven't eaten anything today neither have I (laughs) I don't um usually I don't usually eat the moment I wake up some people like are very hungry when they wake up I like have my two cups of coffee have some water and I normally get hungry around like 10 30 yeah um not that I like practice intermittent fasting but Mm -hmm. I guess that's like my body's natural yeah yeah for breakfast I'm a big like I work from home most of the time so it's like quick meals Mm -hmm. scrambled eggs and toast sourdough avocado sometimes I like do hummus sometimes there's pesto sometimes there's cheese sometimes there's vegetables Mm -hmm. I love mushrooms yeah um so that's usually in there um it's always savory with a ton of hot sauce amazing that's kind of my go-to breakfast and then lunch is usually leftovers of what I had the night before mixed again with whatever else I have yeah in the fridge um so I'm just trying to give an example like last week I made like a veggie stir fry with mm. um salmon so like I remember having that lunch box the next day and then I just put some like pumpkin seeds on it yeah just, like, nice change it up a bit yeah so it's not the same exact meal yeah and then dinner is whatever I cook for my boyfriend and I. When I first met him, he was like an exclusive carnivore. Okay. <laughs> um, like had never had fish. Oh, wow. Had never like had any vegan food ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a real learning curve because we've kind of met in the middle. Mm. And now I cook one meal for us every night where I Amazing. used to cook two yeah um so whatever we decide to have I forgot what we're having tonight um but he's really flexible I can make vegetarian I can make vegan I can make salads I can make you know a chicken dish that we could both share pasta anything um and then snacks are usually fruit nuts cheese chocolate Mm -hmm. I'm actually not a big chocolate person you're not a sweet person at all no (laughs) I much prefer savory yeah like I could literally eat hummus with a spoon oh my god don't I'm yeah I've got the same issue (laughs) but like some people are like oh my god don't put peanut butter in my apartment because I'll eat the whole jar it takes me like three years to get through a jar of peanut butter yeah to be fair I like both I like hummus not together but I like (laughs) peanut butter and I like hummus it probably takes me two to three weeks okay. to get through yeah maybe even a month to get yeah. through a jar um but yeah no I like I, hummus is my I love it it's yeah. amazing obsessed yeah I love olives I'm a mm-hmm. real salty yeah gal, like, oh, I love olives. so olives cheese nuts I like like pretzels mm-hmm. which are not a big thing in, Amer- in the UK they're massive in America yeah so true I like have my mom ship me no way. <laughs> pretzels yeah my well, the bigger ones or the small ones like a whole variety oh give me gosh. all the shapes and sizes <laughs> that's so so good and my last question is what I also ask everyone and it's your last meal so this can be from any restaurant it can be from multiple different restaurants um but starter main course dessert it can also be your own cooking oh my god that's really hard okay starter would be my mom's uh caesar salad yep i heard you also often get cravings for these caesar it's, salads yeah caesar salads are my favorite um yeah. and my mom just makes the most amazing caesar salad i'm also like a parmesan fiend okay like it's my obsession with parmesan cheese is ridiculous yeah so definitely mom's caesar salad lettuce or kale mm-hmm. i'm flexible yeah um, that's fine that's dinner fine. would have to be sushi yeah Oh my like gosh. sushi gal. Yes, um, I love sushi. 
love and that would just be like an assortment of rolls sashimi anything mm-hmm. all the wasabi yeah the whole lot the whole ginger lot. yeah yeah all of it um probably with a coke oh yeah okay like i don't drink it often but i i i very like much enjoy it yeah yeah okay good one which i don't do a lot but when i do i really mindfully enjoy yeah, it yeah you enjoy it and always regular i never opt for the diet no it's just not, not the, the same, same. <laughs> no and then for dessert, um, it's an interesting one. I might do like a chocolate chip cookie, like a really nice, warm, oh. like fresh yes. chocolate chip cookie, um, which I love. And I also love coffee cake. Oh, good one. Yeah, I love coffee cake, actually. It's yeah. quite like a niche It is niche. option, but I like it. <laughs> I really like it, like a bit of cinnamon yes. coffee cake. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a good, that's a really good last meal. I was expecting a cheese board at the end. I know. But I think chocolate chip cookie, when it's warm and like, I think. Gooey. gooey. Yeah, it has to be warm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. No stale cookies. No, no (laughs) stale cookies. It's got to be warm. Well, I've actually got um, a bag of goodies to give you and one of them is Parmesan. So I'm really into, I think you're going to love it though because it's got truffle oil in it. Oh my love. Yeah. So I feel like it could it could be a good one so okay i'm really interested to hear your feedback i'm messaging you like please let me know yes with the truffle parmesan actually that sounds delicious that sounds heaven okay so yeah i want to hear your feedback on that but thank you so much for coming today and talking all about dietitian nutritionist food wellness health i just think it's very interesting and i think no matter how many times people say things people still seem to believe that there are rules and there aren't rules and I think it's just really refreshing to hear other people's opinion and especially you've done so much research you've got amazing like degree in it so yeah it's great to hear from you thank you so much I love being on the podcast thank you and I'm so excited for my goodie bag yes you're welcome Thank you guys so, so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Barry and found it refreshing to hear that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to others as we really are all so different. Also, if you liked listening to Barry, make sure to check out her podcast which aims to answer the big question of what is wellness. I will tag everything in the notes below. Thanks again and see you again next week.